Welcome back to Naring the Narrative, the only cruelty-free vegan podcast on the airways. Not not that it that I'm vegan or cruelty-free, but you know, everything you're listening to, no animals except the the listeners and us were harmed in the making of it. No cottage cheese being direct, <laughs> injected directly into your ears. A lot of verbal cottage cheese come from the two of us. I don't know, the whole narrative thing, it just seems to me like a... Narrative? Or narrative. The narrative. The narrative is one big circle, I guess. I'm your esteemed co-host, Cameron Fulton, joined by... My you're less, less than esteemed <laughs> co-host. <laughs> Extremely oh. unesteemed and infamous. Your irreputable co-host, Henry McCain. So, uh, yeah, we're here to talk about an extremely odd and wonderful piece of cinema known as... Pretty middle-of-the-road, normal movie <laughs> called Godzilla Final Wars. Yeah, so to those who are unfamiliar with the true brilliance of Godzilla Final Wars, it is the culmination of 50 years of Godzilla-based media from Matthew Broderick's 1998 flop to the original Mothra that no one knows about. Uh, it culminates Godzilla's battles against every monster that you care about and none of the ones you don't, except mm-hmm. Kong, Destroya. Uh, Orga, Mogira, Mechagodzilla. <laughs> yeah, there are some omissions. <laughs> and there are some you might not care about. Like, what's the armadillo's name? Oh, if you don't care about Angurus? <laughs> oh, no. Nah. Angurus, Megalon, um, yeah. Biolante, two of which do not make their their debut in this movie, but you, if you have been following it with any Godzilla media, you know that. They are loved and, and dearly missed. <laughs> Rest in peace to those kings. In memoriam, Megalon. <laughs> but yeah, he it does really well. It's a it's a wild time to watch. So it was. So yeah, um, some backstory <clears throat> to why we came to this is last year, Cam and I saw everyone's best pic- picture uh, candidate for 2021, <laughs> Free Guy. In the Free Guy, I love it. If you're out there, Ryan. <laughs> Yeah, I don't care about you. Lil Rel Howery, hit me up. <laughs> exactly. It was really the Lil Rel like, highlights, the sizzle reel. Um, and while we're watching the movie, Cam says one of the most shocking sentences that you can say, which is, this movie reminds me of a mix of um, Grandma's Boy and Godzilla Final Wars. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> and so it made me want to watch the movie because... Um, Godzilla Final Wars, not Grandma's Boy. He refuses to watch it. <laughs> I actually want to watch that too. Um, <laughs> but it just kind of hyped my interest. One thing that's a, such an interesting um, kind of comparison, but also it's like I've never seen a modern Godzilla movie that isn't the first 2014 American one they did with Brian Cranston, which is like not a bad movie. And I think I fell asleep at the end. Said the <laughs> so final. it's a bad movie. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> well, I was having a hard time. It was, you know, high school. Who knows? Um, yeah. But it really intrigued me to watch one that wasn't, like, the first movie or from the particularly dated, like, 60s era, but one that was true to, like, the kind of, like, original characters in the Japanese vibe. And I was like, it might be kind of weird and fun. Little did I know. Very weird. Yeah, it, it, it definitely detracts from your typical Godzilla movies where it's like, it still has the aliens, it still has the Earth Defense Force, yeah. it has the six-inch tall people. But then Those are like, the other movies? Oh yeah, that's a big part of Mothra's kind of backstory. Oh. But then it also has like weird elements where it's like also playing off of like the Americanized ideal of like Japanimation yep. combat. Yep. Where it's like huge fights and like powering up 
like a character goes like the main character goes super sane at the end which yeah. is really weird and like they have the thing where it's like the Godzilla has his main move and then he gets an evolved form of the move yeah so it, it um to say that you're looking for a breakaway from both the uh, original and the uh, modern day you pick the only movie I would say that is as far possible for both of those as possible. Yeah. It was what was weird about it is I said while we were watching it is like there's this little Godzilla cute creature <laughs> named Mila in the movie, but I know it's Godzuki. It's Godzuki. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing that Godzussy around like <laughs> it's no one's business. And Godzuki, he might be underage. I don't know what Godzuki is. <laughs> oh, for sure. That was like three. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Godzuki. Um Mila. Um but I, some of these shots in this movie look like they could be from the 70s. And I really, truly do mean that. Like, the picture quality and the effects. Even the, the Toho introduction. Oh. Like, like the, it comes out and it feels like you're watching a movie from the 70s. Big. I mean, that was so deliberately so that I, I thought that was like... Because clearly they released this thinking, 50 years, are we going to be able to make any more? They must have known they were going to be able to make more. But they kind of almost treat this like the final. Yeah. Like the finale, the conclusion to something, even though... It makes no sense. Well, it is kind of interesting that you say that. Because after that, the next Godzilla movie to come out was Brian Cranston's Godzilla. So I was going to ask, they didn't make any more in Japan? Not that I know of. They may have, but I don't think they did. Because I think Godzilla Final Wars was kind of like the, the cap as it moved production studios. Mm. And then you had Shin Godzilla, which did come back out through Toho. But that was after... That was, yeah. And it was after that and before King of the Monsters. And that's kind of a... Re, like he looks different in that. <clears throat> he looks kind very, of different. He's very traditional into his in his style compared to the. It's a thing that I have with like how, I think it's Warner Brothers. Yeah, it would make sense if it is. They own everything. Yeah, uh, the way they redid Godzilla, they made him really fat <laughs> and really slow and huge too, bigger. Oh, he's much bigger. Um, like, even though... It feels like in, in uh, Godzilla Final Wars, Godzilla isn't big. The buildings are small. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Big time. It really feels like he's walking through, like, yeah. One of those, like, nuke towns that they build. And he's just, like... He's, like, 8'2". He's, like, not really that big. He's like, like, Yao Ming's gonna walk up and be like, Hey, man, do you, do you have directions? <laughs> yeah, there's a very... um deliberate kind of or not deliberate but they're they're not trying to hide the fact that this is a dude in a suit and <laughs> everything is a dude in a suit nothing is puppets it's everything's a dude in a suit everything's either or nothing is a puppet yeah everything's either a dude in a suit or it's a toy <laughs> or it's a toy or in the case and this shocked me of another version of godzilla that oh, you need in the Lord. movie it's cgi because if anyone has seen the matthew broderick action classic by Roland Emmerich. The only movie that can make my eyes throw up. <laughs> well, people say Roland Emmerich's new movie, um, Moonfall, with Halle Berry and Patrick Wilson, is also very bad. So maybe... Is that the one with... Um, oh, there's another... Is Kevin... It's not Kevin Bacon. He's a very famous, like, leading man. There's one with... No, that's a, that's a, I mean, Moonfall's a new movie. You mean, Roland Emmerich's also made, like, 2012... With John ah, okay. okay. Always disaster movies. But long story short, that character, that version of Godzilla exists in Godzilla Final Wars. Like he's like a separate character. But, God, but it's funny because Godzilla kind of looks at him like, what the hell are you? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he, he views him with such animosity that he kills him in one hit. He's <laughs> the first person he kills, like you said. He like there's a million things going on. He's like, drop me off in America. I have to kill my doppelganger. 
Um, but that version of Godzilla, as it was in the 1998 Roland Emmerich movie, is CGI. Mm-hmm. And there are instances of CG in the movie that are pretty... Grotesque. Grotesque. And sometimes they like hit this zone where they're so cheap and dated, it kind of has like this retro cool. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes it's like... Yeah, looking at the big spaceship and like all the planes flying around, it's like... I mean, it's hard to do some... Like that without CGI. Yeah. Excuse the burp on the podcast. No! <laughs> they weren't going to catch it. <laughs> I had to make sure they know. I'm honest with my viewers, all three yeah. of them. So you're going to tell them that you're nude from the waist down? I'm honest with my viewers. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and like when I watch that scene, I see that, like, it's hard to capture that in any other way. Yeah. Unless it's, like, hand drawn in, in a fully animated movie. But, like, when I watch the ship move, like, Play Doh through literal, like, visual fecal matter yeah, yeah it's it's hard to be like okay i want the next scene to come so i can step away and watch the cool running on the walls while on a motorcycle with sword fighting <laughs> yeah there <laughs> exactly there are some let's just say some jpegs moving around on the screen oh the first time you see guy game fly through the air i swear to god it is a it is a clip art picture of him being dressed. If I didn't see the mouse in like a, a dash borderline around him, it, I would have been shocked. It is. There is some particularly ugly um, special effects, especially since this is like a post Matrix world. Yeah. So they try to do some. So basically, the plot of the movie for those who haven't seen it, which is I'm assuming everyone's seen this movie, it's and, and buckle schools. up. You need to buckle up before Henry explains the plot. Of Actually. Maybe you should explain it. Maybe we each should explain it. My version of the plot would be a um, bunch of evil monsters are controlled slash al- allied to aliens who invade and like body swap the president of Japan and they're like taking over the world. And then basically an hour into the movie, the good Earth Defense Force Japanese soldiers and this American guy who looks like John C. Riley fucked Tom Selleck. <laughs> Um, they decide we have to resurrect Godzilla from who, his icy prison. Who he killed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who has already been submerged and, like, he's dead in, like, the South Pole. This guy's like, we're bringing him back. Um, and they use Godzilla as, like, the lesser of two evils, which is, as if I understand, common with Godzilla. Yeah, Godzilla often is a... They, they, the best way to describe it is actually in the way they described it in the 2020... King of the Monsters, where Godzilla is somewhat of a natural defense of the planet. Yeah. He does not care about humans, but he recognizes them as being part of the Earth's ecosystem, regardless of how he feels about them. Yeah. So he protects them, even if it means having to kill some on the way. And so the whole plot of the movie, you actually got it pretty pretty much on the head. Mm -hmm. Godzilla was a monster who didn't have a lot of competition, so he started to kind of go wild. They killed him. So many years pass by, they explain that, like, humans have, like, mutant genes and Godzilla genes. Some X-Men stuff. It's some real X-Men wild crap goes on. Yeah. Mothra contacts the main character <laughs> by two six-inch girls. Yeah. Who are like, here's a knife. And it's like, bye. And that's pretty much, <laughs> like, an entire, like, six-minute scene. And so aliens come. They mind control all of the monsters that originate from a singular monster. Yeah. Gigan. The chainsaw wielding badass. Not always chainsaw wielding. When you first meet him, he's lacking his chainsaws. <laughs> yeah, he, he's chainsaw less, and you feel bad for him in his death. Then he comes back and it's like, it's the second coming. <laughs> <laughs> it's been three days. <laughs> he, just he has risen and then is immediately has his head blown off. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
let's just say that Godzilla, despite looking like a two-bit chump in size, is whooping ass in this movie. Godzilla has no reservations about killing every other fellow monster on the planet except Mothra. Yeah. And even then, he's... He, I feel like he has like a little bit of like hatred towards Mothra, because like he has, he's shooting kind of wildly into the air. It took him a minute to not kill um, Godzuki. <laughs> <laughs> he looks down like his son, and he's like, mm, "I'm gonna do this." And then Godzuki has to be like, "Please don't." Godzuki sees a child and is like, "That's obviously effective. Let me try stopping my father who has atomic breath when I can barely shoot atomic bubbles." Yeah, it's very Godzuki's cute. I mean, Godzuki is, he's known for his, like, hospitality towards humans yeah. and his cuteness, even though he's very ugly. <laughs> he's probably the the worst thing to look at in the entire movie. Yeah, no sexy monsters <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> well, Rodan! <laughs> Monster X before he turns into... Or the one that looks like he's wearing, like, a kabuki mask running through the forest. It looks like the, ab the abominable snowman. That's another thing I want to talk about. The monsters in this movie. Okay. I'm going to be honest. I love them. There's yes. not a single one I hate. They are all awesome. They are. I mean, they are... It's like combining, like, Y2K visuals with these very kind of, like, dated monster designs. And it just feels... It's like, It's like the perfect blend. It's... You get the, the awesome cheapness of, like, you have to have so much heart in this project yeah. to be willing to dress up as a giant furry kabuki mask creature yeah. and let uh, Godzilla tail whip you in the face. A lot of that. And that, but it also has, like, the newer kind of effect where it's like, yeah. all people want to see is monsters fighting. Yeah. Even in a Godzilla movie, I'm not really watching it for the plot. No. However, <laughs> Godzilla Final War is said... What if we give you a balls-to-the-wall plot and all the action? Dialogue that makes no sense. No sense. <laughs> Zero sense. So we watched the dub version, it should be said, which is what you'll get if you like rent it on Amazon. Mm. And uh, Truly beautiful. Truly beautiful. I mean, some of these... I'll just say I am very good at like I always like paying attention to movies and like I don't typically like check my phone, which I did not at all during this. <laughs> but we were talking and I was so lost throughout certain sections of this and some of the lines that people would say were just like you have to hear them for yourself to believe I, them I think I called out like a one liner at the very beginning when, yeah. the, when the defense force like he's like standing on top of the giant lobster monster I'm like he's got, he's got it I thought he was going to say something like sorry I'm all out of butter yeah. and he was like I'm vegetarian I was like bro let me write the next one <laughs> yeah, the butter one's better I mean, the butter one, maybe they don't have like maybe they don't butter their lobster in Japan who knows <laughs> Making vast cultural assumptions. Um, they don't butter the giant lobster monster. Yeah, they do they even kill giant lobster monsters in Japan? But um, what what is like kind of like weird about it is how entertaining the human stuff is in this. It's incredible, while also being kind of like ridiculous. And it's boring. horribly written. It's like it's this weird thing where it's like you love it because it really is kind of playing into this kind of like starship troopers but you don't know especially in this you're not even sure if they're joking or not meets like kind of like a neon genesis but like very stupid version of that <laughs> meets kind of like street fighter the movie like meets dragon ball <laughs> yeah i mean because it's it's hyper jacked up um soldiers who are mutants mm -hmm. and they're te being 
taught under, or they're not being taught, they're being commanded by the guy who I mentioned, this white guy who has, I mean, he is the giga Chad, the mecha Chad. He, he really does look like a bul- like a bulky buff Tom Selleck. And he's with, the, with the samurai sword, no less. With the, he, yeah, that, he like, I don't even know if he was trained. It just came to him naturally. He could cut people out with the samurai sword. And he speaks perfect the same language that they all do, <laughs> even though he's clearly speaking English, but they're still dubbing it, and the Japanese people are speaking Japanese, and they're dubbing it. No lines match up. It's all very kind of like old Spaghetti Western vibe on that. Yeah, it's, um, re- re-watching it is twice as entertaining than watching it for the first time, because it's been about three, four years since I saw it. And um, I've had some time to let it process. You're, you're fresh off the boat with this one. Fresh off the boat within <laughs> the past hour, basically. And um, it's going back and like knowing what scenes are coming up, I'm like prepared for it, and it still bewilders me. I'll like watch the scene where like the guy they're fighting on on the highway with two motorcycles. Oh my god! And then he well one's a dirt bike and the in a, like a Kawasaki like three thousand I don't even know how their number is like barely keeping up. Yeah. With and then the next shot he's ahead of him and then he somehow jumps over his motorcycle, holds onto the back and there's a two second scene where he just flies by at like Mach six, <laughs> and I'm like. Whoever wrote it, it sounds like meow. It it literally makes a noise of like a penny flying by you at like light speed. And when I rewatch, I'm like, whoever wrote this is a genius. Oh yeah, because they had to know that scenes like this would not be taken as high octane action scenes. People getting like like on the edge of their seat waiting. People are in the back of their seats, just absolutely taken aback, oh, yeah. laughing their asses off, knowing that the com- like the, the combat is hilarious, yeah. knowing that the plot line is batshit, but every step of it has some some bit of intention to it yeah. in a serious way, but they deliver it in such a over the top comedic way that I feel like after after they shot it and they spooled it all together, how are you? You know how they have the big yeah. cancers and they just got like a, a crank up wheel and they're like, whatever comes out is the movie at the end. <laughs> uh, I feel like they watched it back and they're like, you know what? This is nothing like we planned. This is far less like serious than like the first Godzilla, which is literally about the atomic bomb being dropped. Yeah. And is much more just like kind of sad and yeah. melancholy. And at the end, you have to think they were just like, uh, this is absolutely bonkers. <laughs> yeah, what I like about it is that it's both not taking itself seriously, but it's not doing what a lot of movies do now mm. where they're constantly like winking at you and yeah. like letting you know like we don't, this is all such dumb bullshit and like we're just kind of making fun of it, but then you also kind of want to see it. No, like this really you can tell they love this. Yeah. And they throw every idea they have like for example, aliens are taking over and there's a completely non-important scene where an alien is being interviewed mm-hmm. on a radio show, and this alien's like a rock star, kind of, and it's like, my name's X, I'm from Exilion, and they're like interviewing the alien, and it seems like, that's not, a scene like that in so many of the monster scenes are not mm-hmm. the type of scenes you get when the movie's just like, but, ah, who cares, we'll throw it together. That's yeah. like when someone's like, I have so many ideas, I have to like put them all into this one movie. Yeah, and then it's like, they come out, and they're like, I put everything into this movie, like quite literally. Yeah. <laughs> Blood and sweat. Like, I put blood, sweat, tears, my my child's dreams, my own dream journal from when I was fourteen. Yeah. And when it comes out, I feel like when they watch it, it ha- the thing that I think 
keeps it different than a lot of the movies that have that kind of effect of like it's cheapened by its constant winks back at the old material. Yeah, yeah. Is it never really does that. It miraculously, for all the stuff it packs into it, it feels like its own movie. It, oh, it's yeah. not trying to make allusions back to other parts of media in the Godzilla franchise, even if it does literally pull them from it. Yeah, yeah. But there's no cheap shots at the old content where it's like I think when you mention I think a movie like Epic Movie. Where it's like all, <laughs> where, <laughs> where it's like Narnia stacking top of parts of the Caribbean, yeah, yeah. Of like I don't know Austin Powers, and it's like look how dumb the plot line in this movie was that we can make a joke about it. Uh-huh. In Godzilla: Final Wars, it's it's ridiculous, but at the end of the day, Godzilla is still protecting humanity. Yeah, he's fighting giant monsters who wish to do harm to them. Yeah, and like they learn that like there's a moral to the story of like coexistence with Godzilla and also. Not really. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, it's like, well, one, it is safe to say that Godzilla Final Wars, I'm clocking it in, pound of finalizing this, is better than Epic Movie. Um, <laughs> I think if you didn't say that, we would have to at least break the microphone, cut the recording. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> murder ourselves, burn the house down. Um, and I will say, what for me, what the, what the great thing it does is that even though it's not maybe taking itself seriously and everybody kind of talks about the goofy effects of like an old Godzilla movie is this it's really cool like I was watching it and I wasn't just like how funny this is or how weird this is there are shots throughout this particularly the ones that lean into kind of like this widescreen kind of like um Mini- miniatures and, and puppets and rubber suits but they mm-hmm. kind of give it this like grand scale look like to me incredible like I'm, I'm thinking about some of the shots like a was it Rodan? Back yeah. by like lightning. He kind of looks like this huge gargoyle. It's kind of like noir. He's flying through New York, shattering buildings as he goes by. Yeah. And then there are shots of, anim- you know, the creatures going through kind of like this smog heavy, like mm-hmm. version of Japan and East Asia. And it's like almost like yellow in the back. And they get all these cool um, effects where you can tell they really love it. And they also, all the things, even though the plot's nonsensical. It's all kind of like makes sense, like why yeah. the characters are there. So it's a really, I would definitely recommend it because it's just something where you can watch and enjoy it on so many levels. And those different levels don't like contradict, I guess. Yeah, I would say if there's ever a Godzilla movie, Godzilla, whoa. Whoa, there's ever a Godzilla with it? <laughs> <laughs> there's ever a Godzilla movie to mm-hmm. watch if you like aren't really interested in like monster movies, but you like, you like the concept of Godzilla. Which yeah. is a very weird thing. It's diametrically opposed at some point. Um, Godzilla Final Wars is the farthest depart, but the most true to itself still. Yeah. Like, Godzilla versus Kong, in its kind of idea, is kind of a movie built around selling tickets. This movie is built around... A bunch of Godzilla fans got together, came up with a thousand ideas, and only picked nine hundred ninety-nine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they left one of them out. It was probably like the scene where Godzuki break dances. <laughs> no, it was definitely a Godzilla sex scene. <laughs> yeah, the full ten. Lots of phallic imagery in this, I will say. Um, yeah, but um, it is. It's like this. Let's just start with the story. Godzilla, as it has evolved, I mean, it has started to involve aliens, a Earth Defense Force, miniature Godzilla. Godzilla's from space that grow giant crystals on their shoulders after being abandoned in the in the cold, dead reaches of nothingness. Yeah. And they take all of that 
And they somehow make a sensible story through it that monsters have risen, they're mind-controlled. Godzilla is the Earth's natural resilience. He will help the humans in a way that benefits him and the Earth, but doesn't necessarily benefit the people. Because he still destroys all the cities. Yeah. And alongside it, it tells of a human who realizes he's a mutant, who realizes he's actually an alien mutant. Yeah. But that the people who kind of, like, helped him to find who he was frame him better than what he is. And, like, that story, as weirdly as it's told, is yeah. told effectively, I would say, pretty well. Yeah. Like, you, I would say, minus conversation, we watched about 80% of the movie. <laughs> and we got... Most of the important dialogue, which is very sparse, but the the kind of like thought process of how the movie moves along, mm-hmm. it works pretty well. Even the Antarctica scene, or the South South Pole, yeah, Antarctica, yes, that is the South. I guess that is the South Pole. Um, <laughs> yeah. For me, I think the problem that this faces, which is the problem I've seen with every Godzilla movie I've seen, which this might be the fourth, is that it um. They struggle making the human scenes coexist. They do. And they do it because the truth is, unless you're going to do something where it's like a human superpowered or is being, I don't know. It's not like King Kong Mm -hmm. where there can be real, I think, super touching or at least attempting to be human drama with it. It's kind of like they haven't quite figured out how to do that. So there's kind of like this disconnect between this kind of like Y2K um, action movie with humans mm-hmm. and then this kind of like throwback balls to the wall kind of like gonzo monster extravaganza and I like the way that they intertwine it doesn't like one doesn't hurt the other but they never quite gel and you never get some sense that like they're learning about themselves through the monsters it's kind of like two separate things yeah but I mean it's, it, it is hard for that for sure oh, because yeah. trying to relate to a 70 foot tall lizard it's i mean there's obvious disconnects uh, in the fact that like i don't know you've never done that even he feels too (laughs) oh yeah even he has a son who he might nuclear blast (laughs) but um i would say that like looking back uh because i remember in watching the original godzilla movie Mm -hmm. where it has the like the american voicing over like basically i think he's a news reporter or a scientist i can't exactly remember and he's like telling the events to the world of godzilla and he's like the horror we face as Godzilla, as the terror of the nuclear age comes to like, and it's like, that almost tells it, like, it feels like the narrator is like forcing the human element into Godzilla, where it's like, he is the nuclear bomb. It's like, you didn't let the story just kind of naturally tell yeah. it. And with this one, it feels like they, they kind of had like, they basically had two loose spaghetti strings and try to try to do the thing where you whip them around and make them yeah. spin together. Yeah, and it like it kind of works sometimes, like in the scene where they're fighting in the spaceship and like he's like mimicking the punches as Godzilla does them. Yeah, a couple cool scenes. And then they like he shares his power with Godzilla, mm-hmm. and it's like the humans and Godzilla are overcoming a stronger enemy. Yeah, but like on an emotional level, total disconnect. Yeah, Godzilla has no emotions other than kill or don't kill. Yeah. And the humans are like, we have to defeat the aliens because the aliens are infiltrating our human existence and turning us into cattle. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't really care. <laughs> no, you don't. Especially <laughs> since it's just so heightened 
and you don't know these people, it just kind of feels... And I feel like maybe when that disconnect developed in the franchise, and this is truly a bold move, trying to, as someone who's not seen any of them, to be like, this is when it happened. But maybe it's like, in that first movie, Godzilla is the antagonist. Yeah. And it's pretty simple. It's Godzilla, which is kind of like the stand-in for the horrors of the nuclear mm-hmm. age, is attacking humanity and civilization. So it's easier to like connect with that very simple struggle. Yeah. Whereas this is about what? I mean, if we really got into <laughs> it, it's like it would take four four or five minutes to truly like explain what happens. So I don't really begrudge them for that. And I don't think anybody who loves these no. movies is watching it because they want some really clever emotional <laughs> parallels between... It's That's absolutely not. Which is weird that they do then the new ones where it's like, there's a scene where like Millie Bobby Brown is like comes like face to face with Godzilla mm-hmm. and like she's about to touch him on the nose and it's like and he he's sneezes. Not, he's not like a seventy foot dog. He is a monster that breathes fire. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he eats buildings for fun, essentially. Yeah, that's why that's why Kong was the good guy in <laughs> Kong vs. Godzilla, is that Kong is kinda like big old sweetie in his own way. Yeah, whereas Godzilla's like, like, I do want to kill him. <laughs> like, you know he's killing shit? Kinda go hard. <laughs> He's like, I like running into buildings. And in this one, he says, wrecking my enemies execution style and like taunting them as they die goes super hard. Because I'm going to do it throughout the entire runtime of the film. Yeah, there's a real good scene. The three-on-one fight. Where Godzilla, he's like getting like, he's getting pincer maneuvered. First off, the fact that three gigantic monsters can come with like military level tactics. Incredible. And then be defeated by Godzilla pulling the most agile move of any monster or horror flick Anguirus comes uh, comes about to barrel him down and Godzilla basically Euro steps onto his forehead <laughs> jumps over and allows Rodan and the unnamed uh, Kabuki monster yeah. to slam into each other and then goes full Shaolin soccer on him it is just absolutely wild steps on a head but that is what I love about the older Godzilla movies is it is a man in a suit who doesn't move like a monster. No. And they're like, you know what? What if we just ran with it? Yeah. What if we just made him do absolutely crazy stuff that, when we're filming it, looks absolutely stupid. But mm. when it comes out, it's like, it just looks kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, it's like one of the greatest examples of like suspension of disbelief. Exactly. It's like, like, it's like just... watching Godzilla do a goalie dive to the side. It's like... So- yeah, we should say is in regards to him already having seen him. There's a scene where they're all in a field, and there's the the armadillo enemy. Don't sue me for not knowing the name, but uh, that's Angurus. Hey guys, that's Angurus. I'm sorry for my my uh, my mistake. He sounds like this. <laughs> they all sound like that kind of. And Angurus is rolling, and I said, "Oh, is he gonna like uh, play? Is he gonna throw him like a ball or something?" And Cam was like, he "Just you wait." He said, "Everything that happens that you think could happen, ramp it up by like six times." And instead, they basically start playing soccer with Angris. Angris is like alive, maybe, but he's like, he's like in his ball, like getting shaken around. And at one point from the back, Godzilla does like a bend it like Beckham style soccer goalie dive to the side with like his hands out. He's so slow. He's so slow. And just like thudding into the trees as he goes down was one of the funniest things. Um, like I've ever seen, like in a movie recently, like even movies that are trying to be comedies. Like I actually got out of like off the couch and like fell to my knees. Like, but then there are scenes that like that ju- kind of juxta- stand juxtaposed to that, where like Godzilla is fighting Monster X, 
we'll leave it unknown for those who who are looking to watch it. Yeah, we've probably said it. We spoiled something, but I will say <laughs> it doesn't really matter. It, you, this this will this one would matter. You do not know how badly you need to watch this movie if you are thinking about watching it. Everything we've said will translate so much better if you watch it. Yes, yeah. And when he's fighting Monster X, he takes one of its heads, which is like it's got like these two like half heads, and it blows it off with an atomic breath. And that scene where it's like you watch it, it's like we were both kind of like. That was rad. Oh, yeah. And before, we were literally laughing at, like, the humans kind of making, like... Like, there's a scene where he's deflecting laser bullets with a samurai sword. Yeah. It's... It knows it's ridiculous. But yeah. you st- you don't care. It's no. still fun. It's still action-packed. It's still... for. It feels like a childlike story told through, like, adult eyes. Yes, big time. I was going to say, is there is a childlike imagination and like freeness to this mm-hmm. and kind of like this labor of love quality that makes it where I would buy anything. They, oh, yeah. they could have even went stupider and if it was from that team and I, I don't know to what extent these this team was involved in previous mm-hmm. films. We'd have to look that up. But if it was from the people making this movie I would have believed if even sillier stuff happened. Agreed. Um, so uh, yeah I think that we're going to make this one slightly shorter and we it's about been about 3250 is what we're at right now. It was a part about exactly. There was a part in the movie where they're like the sun is gonna like hit the earth and he goes in like, you know, in one day, thirteen hours, and then five minutes and thirty seconds, twenty-eight, And I was like, are they gonna do this for the rest of the movie? Um so I know that something I'd like to say, at least before we go, is something that I thought was interesting about it is like obviously the monster parts are like have this kind of like retro mm-hmm. thing where it's, you know, like we've been talking about. But what's cool now is to watch it in 2022 is the modern parts. Is also retro. Very retro. It almost has a more, for me, somebody who was born in the late 90s and kind of like remembers when that CGI post-Matrix craze was happening. It's kind of like that gave me the warm fuzzies more than like the monster stuff does because I'm not as familiar with the old classic Godzilla movies. So you get a kick out of it like both ways. Yeah, and for me, who is someone who was born in the late 1790s, watching the <laughs> watching the modern part is really like um, it's there's really nothing that can compare to it in the modern analog because like you have like movies like Monster Hunter where it's like a lot of CGI filled gigantic monsters and like people using like big ass guns yeah but it's like nowhere in most modern like triple a movies this is godzilla final words by far not triple a um over there it might have been to them maybe toho's pretty big yeah toho's pretty big but um that it has this 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 veneer of cheesiness yeah over this like it's like when I wrote like when I wrote like mock scripts when I was fifteen, and I was like, I'm picturing the action fight before I write anything. Yeah, and it's like that's kind of how I felt like most of this was done. Oh, easy. But then they like have the professionalism to go back and like fill in a story. Yeah, but that that modern element of those fights are so anime and so hyper Big that it's like yeah. when I watch it, I still get. I'm laughing with goosebumps. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good way to sum it up. My final thing is I'm going to get Cam to justify his boldest claim yet. How does this remind you of... How does Free Guy remind you of Godzilla Final Wars? 
And how does that connect to Grandma's Boy? All right, so the way Free Guy relates to Grandma's Boy, okay, the whole it's the it's the two sides of it. You got the free guy outside, yeah, the free guy who's trying to who's trying to free himself of his you own. free guy. I'm, you free man? You free man? Now I'm little rail. <laughs> buddy, he, his name is Buddy. When he comes out into the into the metaverse, <laughs> yeah. But um, so the way it relates to Grandma's Boy, the whole plot, the main character makes a game, it gets stolen. Revamped. He's basically making the game Predator into the jungle, like mm. the concrete jungle. He's literally making that game. Okay. And it gets stolen by the main antagonist, and it's him trying to prove that he stole the game, which is mm. literally the whole concept of Free Guy. Yeah. And the way it was the Godzilla Final Wars is just the scene when uh, they're fighting, and then he gets super powered against like the archnemesis who's like, I am you. And it's oh, like yeah. that whole like buff fighting scene. That's the only way it's connected. Now, I'm going to ask you to do the ultimate challenge. Somehow link Godzilla Final Wars to Grandma's Boy directly. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, let's see. You have Godzilla Final Wars. Yeah. Uh, made by Toho. Toho also is responsible for a lot of anima- newly animated movies such as Demon Slayer. Okay. Demon Slayer is a popularized anime that is being run against a lot of old anime such as One Piece that are running concurrently. One Piece is also related to Naruto. Uh-huh. Naruto, One Piece, and Dragon Ball are all related to one another. Michael B. Jordan loves Dragon Ball Z. Okay. Michael B. Jordan is in is Killmonger in Black Panther. Yes. Black Panther is a Marvel movie. You know who else is in Marvel? Captain America. You know who is Captain America? Chris Evans. Who makes a cameo in Free Guy? Chris Evans. Are we trying to go to Grandma's Boy? Grandma's Boy! Okay, then we we got the Free Guy. (laughs) We got the Free Guy. Okay. Free Guy is about Taika Waititi stealing the guy from Stranger Things, the older brother. Mm -hmm. He's trying to steal his game. That's the plot of Grandma's Boy. Oh, that was the... That was the biggest cop I've ever heard. I guarantee if you gave me like 10 minutes, I can figure it out. Because all I got to do is somehow relate uh, Chris Evans to Jonah Hill, and I'm there. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, I can do it. Do it. Okay. Uh, Chris Evans was in Fantastic Four as the Human Torch. Mm -hmm. Y'all got to stick with me for this one. Jessica Alba is in Good Luck Chuck. Dane Cook. Maybe, maybe the maybe the link between the all is Seth Rogen. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> no, who shot JFK? All right, so the only links I got are Selma Hayek, who's the taco in in the sausage party. Yeah. Seth Rogen, who is the hot dog. Okay. We might have to edit this a little bit. We might have to. <laughs> we might have to make this the only thing that we air. Okay. So we got Chris <laughs> Evans in <laughs> Fantastic Four. Yeah. Remember, this is Godzilla, the Grandma's Boy, and, okay. I'm, and I am eating chips on cam or on microphone. Ooh. Ah. Uh. If I can find how Justin Long is related to to um to Jonah Hill, <laughs> so I just couldn't get Justin Long to Grandma's boy for no reason. 
Oh no, I know why. Cause then, uh, oh no, wait, that's the same actor, and oh, I did a cyclical loop, a cyclical loop, not a circular loop. Um, all right, I'm gonna start over. Yes, we're doing Free Guy. No, we're doing Godzilla to Grandma's Boy. All right, Godzilla, Godzilla, Toho Animation. Yes, yeah, Toho Animation is responsible for a lot of the newer an the newer animated movies, such as Demon Slayer. Demon Slayer ran concurrently to One Piece. One Piece is part of the big three of Dragon Ball. Vegeta is the inspiration for Michael B. Jordan's costume as Killmonger when yeah. he's in the armored set in the MCU. Mm -hmm. In the MCU, it's also Captain America. That's where we get the, comp the from there to there. Then, Owen Wilson <laughs> okay. is in Loki. Loki is also... Oh, sorry. Owen Wilson is related to uh, Vince Vaughn from Wedding Crashers. Yeah, and the internship. And the internship. You know, I'm scratch the wedding crashes. The internship. <laughs> yes. Uh, Vince Vaughn. Mm -hmm. He is in dodgeball with the kind of nerdy, awkward-looking dude who's like he's really tall, but he gets like the like I think it's a fake like Yugoslava Hungarian country that's like yeah. mountainous Eastern Europe. He is the antagonist in Grandma's Boy. Wow. And he did it in no time at all. <laughs> Everyone, whoever subscribes to the Patreon, you will get the uncut, very wild brain explosion that was what we just went through. And, and if you do hear that, the government might come to your house and try to silence you because of the bold connections he was making. Yeah, so in fact, Owen Wilson is the thread that keeps all things together. Owen Wilson is Mechagodzilla. <laughs> That's why he couldn't get in it. He wasn't born yet. In 2004, in 2004, Owen Wilson wasn't born yet. That's true. He was born when Night at the Museum came out. Um, he was reborn. He was, yeah, rechristened. And on the, and then in the Smithsonian, he will rise again. And they made three of those movies. They did, and one was in Europe, and apparently it was really bad. 